Welcome back, everyone, to Coffee Science Guru. It is International Coffee Day. Happy Coffee Day to you. Uh, happy Coffee Day. It's a good day to sit back, reflect on your coffee, savor it for an extra minute or two, maybe have a dine-in instead of a takeaway. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time you're listening to this, the moment's gone. But that's that's <laughs> it's strong language. Think, think, about it, it. <laughs> think about it for next year. Um, of course, joining me is Mr. Julian Marriott, 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 Marriott Britain. That's the one. Hello. Celebrating his 35th, 37th year at Bellaroma slash Seven Miles Coffee Roasters, which is a huge milestone. Um, got a very nice bottle for it as well. Did indeed. It's called a Jeroboam <laughs> and it contains three litres of high quality champagne, which mm-hmm. I'm waiting to drink. When hopefully with your teammates from Coffee Science Guru, next right? order is, uh, is delivered <laughs> it's a in, each. Uh, in early January. So oh, okay. uh, yes. Uh, and of course, also joining me on my left is Dr. Adam Carr. Hey, hope. Um, today, our topic of discussion is quality control and quarterly quality quality assurance, um, which honestly is something that I never see really come up in terms of like it's never under the umbrella of QA or QC it's always like oh like you know we cup our coffees or we we test our coffees or um, things like that but we don't really talk about QA and QC as as a broad term Um, but here at 7 Miles we're pretty proud of our vigorous QC that we go through and Um, rigorous too yes quite vigorous Um, and rigorous yeah to the point that we don't have enough time to actually go through every single step that mm. we're going to do. But we'll talk a little bit about uh, kind of sort of sampling green bean that we get delivered um, and roasted coffee as well, just yeah. to make sure that our customers are getting the same standard uh, week on week on week on week. So, um, Adam, QA, Yeah, QC. okay, QA, QC, so on the green beans. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I work a bit more closely with, um, Julian and sorry, sorry with Mike, Mike S. Julian as well actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Julian, the operations team, and our green bean brokers to sort of guarantee that our the quality of the coffee that we're getting is consistent year on year, week on week, day on day. Yeah, coffee um, being an organic product. Yeah, it's an organic product. It's a it's seasonal product. To change. Yeah, it is. Um, so we we buy coffee of specific grades from the brokers or direct from the origin, direct from the farm, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Um, normally with direct farm relationships, normally we've you know. We've discussed the sort of grade we're after and we kind of in some ways trust that they're giving us the grade that we're after. Yeah. Um, that said, we still get the coffee and we taste it just to make sure it doesn't contain any mould damage through cupping and other things like that. But, I mean, broadly speaking, um, you know, we benchmark our coffees quite frequently. Uh, so one of the things we do as a part of our quality controls, we're making sure that the coffee that we're getting um, from our suppliers, um, as I said, mentioning being the same you know, day on day, year on year and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, we have screen size analysis we do, we do density analysis, we do moisture analysis, water activity measurement and a few other things, um, ultimately cupping as well, just to ensure that it's consistent. That's what we do that with all of our origins. Yeah. Um, but to get those samples, we don't obviously, it's one of those things, right? We're talking about quality control. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you guarantee quality of absolutely every single coffee you get going out there? Um, same thing for us, how we guarantee that every single bean of coffee that we're getting from the brokers doesn't contain mould is within this, you know, is within a reasonable margin of, you know, what we're asking for. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of the things, in an ideal world, you'd test absolutely every single bean. Yeah. Um, but that's just not realistic. I mean, yeah, when you're roasting tons a, a week. a very expensive practice to try every single... Yeah, I mean, also, in the end, if you tried every single coffee bean, you wouldn't be selling anything to your consumer, right? Yeah. 
Um, very caffeinated. Though. Yeah. So, you know, what is the right amount of coffee to sample? And this came up in a meeting just a little, little while ago. You know, how much coffee should you sample? Is there a statistical way of determining what, you know, how much coffee you should sample to guarantee every one of your coffees going out there is right? Yeah. Like, like one in every hundred beans or. Well, one in every hundred bags. Like do you sample, uh, you know, 10 grams yeah. out of every. 10 kilo grams out of every bag or, or do you 200 grams yeah. in every kilo, 200 grams in every ton? Is what it is the right 60 thing? 60 kilo bag, 30 yeah. kilo bag. Is but, it grain pro? Is it. Yeah, passion? exactly. It, so. To answer that question, we did a bit of research recently about it, and there are a number of different international standards. Um, won't go into what the standards are, but suffice to say, one of the things we found in there is that actually there's no statistical basis um, for any of the sampling methods. I suspect that they're all just rules of thumb yeah. um, based on what they've said. You know, So one of them suggests that based on the number of... If you're using coffee bags, so most coffee bags have about 60, 70 kilos of coffee in it. Yeah. If you wanted to guarantee consistency of your product... Um, you should be sampling the square root of every bag that's delivered. So if you got delivered 16 bags of coffee, you need to take samples from four bags. Yep. And how much coffee do you take from each bag to get a statistical you know, representative sample? We use a spike, which is a nominal <laughs> sort of tool. Um, more or less, we take about 100 grams. Yeah. Uh, 100 to 200 grams of every bag, and normally from four bags, we'll collect the samples, make them into one big lot, and then roast two lots and cup each lot. Yeah. Um, and that gives us some a pretty good idea of the quality of the green bean that we've got coming into us. Yeah, um, and for, for us, uh, a lot of, you hear a lot about coffee grading and scores, mm. so whether it's specialty grade and things, but right, this for, is, yeah. for us, it's this is a grading in, exercise. Yeah, it's more yeah. important to... It's consistency. Consistency of flavor rather than consistency yeah. of quality yeah. or score. Right. So having the coffee taste the same... It's effectively inline measurement, right? So it's basically we get these coffees, we have a number of metrics that we know if they hit these five metrics, it's going to be within the standard we have. We aren't going to go through a Q grade, a cupping sheet, and say this is an 83 coffee. Whoop, it's 82.5. Reject. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not quite that. That would take forever. Yeah. Um, and it's not that it would take forever. It's actually not, you know, it is actually better in this kind of high throughput sort of environment to be able to test relative to the standards, you know, yeah. week on week. And, and the other things also, even doing if... doing more bowls of coffee yeah. and then you're using more coffee and you're yeah. roasting more coffee, so you're using more resources, more time. Yeah, it, so it's just... So at what point does it and it, Yeah, out? and I think we do a pretty good job. I mean, the reality is most of the defects we pick up, we do pick up. Yeah, yeah um, and of course we're testing not only for the taste of the coffee, but for the... Uh, the moisture content and the yeah. density of oh, mold damage, right? Yeah. Uh, so things. there are a number of steps involved, mm. which you which you may choose to do or may not. Yeah. Many many roasters would choose not to do any of those things. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So uh, I think we take it we take quality quite seriously here. Um, we do. Seven miles, and you know we've it's funny. You know, I came in from my world of I guess chemical engineering. Where you automate absolutely every single function to try and measure absolutely everything. Well, not absolutely everything. I'm not going to go that far. Um, but you measure the key things you need to measure to try and ensure consistency in your product. So, for example, crude oil. Do I always get the right fraction of octane or heptane or inheptane <laughs> or the right, the right chirality of molecule, blah, blah, blah. Um, I shouldn't say blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, you know, that kind of stuff, those <laughs> kind of tight, rigorous controls over at Chemia. is like, oh, well, maybe I can think of something better to do here. But to be quite frank, after coming here, like, no, I don't think you can do any better than what well, we do. It's yeah. a fair comment because um, crude oils from various parts of the world uh, differ yeah. structurally yeah. very considerably. Well, exactly. So you have to modify your process accordingly. Um, to try and get and of course you can blend you can do various other things like you do in coffee actually you can blend and blend out this that and the other thing but uh, yeah. we're not going to go into that I actually it's what happens with milk too yeah there you go batches. well it makes it's sense right consistency at the end of the day it's about consistency of product for the customer yeah um, yeah so in terms of I, I mean that's just part of what we do when we get coffee delivered here green yeah but in terms of our entire process that's just one kind of link in the yeah. chain we, we go to i think good lengths in the green and i'm gonna oh, this is the part i'll finish on by the way but i'm not gonna keep going <laughs> on about it but i mean you know i think we go to great lengths in the green because we feel that the final the quality of the final product is going to be entirely dependent on the quality of the 
raw material that's coming in as well. Yeah. Right. So making sure that that starting material, that thing that you start off with, is within spec, within tolerance, and up to the quality standards that we have. Um, you know, we think that's pretty important to invest in. That's true, and of course we're not only testing for whether the coffee actually tastes okay or not, but also whether it equates to the mm. original sample that we agreed to buy maybe 18 months well, ago. Well, exactly right, exactly right. And that's the other thing, it's also pricing consistency for customers as well, right? They don't want to start paying $50 a kilo when they were paying 35 before or something like oh, that. We'd right? love them to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, and, and they probably but, should be. <laughs> <laughs> true, actually, looking at the pricing crisis that's happening around the world in coffee at the moment, yeah, it's probably the, on this, the International Day of Coffee, which we're trying to make people aware of. I the, the change in kilo price for wholesale coffee compared to the change in price for a small coffee for a consumer right. is a whole other podcast. Right. Yes, um, Yeah. Pricing wars on High Street. Should we pay more for a coffee? Yeah. Tune yes, in next always, yes. month. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, maybe. Well, what, um, I, what I can say is that when I started working at uh, Bellarine Stroke, Stroke 7 Miles uh, nearly 40 years ago, we were selling coffee to the cafe trade at $13 a kilo, and it's now around about 26 Oh, really? And that's in nearly yeah. 40 years. Well, mm. try and think of another product that's only doubled in its Yeah, uh, exactly. Look at the Big price. Mac Index. How long ago did you say? 37 years ago? That was years, it's only yeah. doubled in price. I don't yeah. know, what, what was the price of a Big Mac back in? Although, Julian, you just told me recently you've only ever had zero Big Macs in your life. Uh, well, well it was, they, they were selling in a cafe for a dollar. Yeah. Yeah, not Big uh, Macs though. No, but but uh, well, there was a burger on that menu. Oh, okay, you're going the equivalent of a Big Mac. Yeah, okay. In fact, it was with the lot. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the burger, the lot. All right. <laughs> How a, much was that going for? That was a dollar. For a dollar. For okay, a and Big Macs now, what you're probably not getting them for more than what seven dollars fifty, eight dollars. Oh, it's been so long. Multiplied by a factor of eight, that's probably about right. There you go. Yes. Coffee's only doubled in price, whereas everything else has gone up by a factor of eight or even ten. Yeah, that, yeah. That's the end consumer eating price, so to speak. Mm. I'm talking about the price of a kilo of coffee. So right, of course, and that's it. Now you're talking about the raw ingredients beans. for the burger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there you go. Right. Now that you're all hungry, after we get our coffee delivered, it passes our QA, QC, yeah. QC, QA um, at the beginning. Yep. It then gets approved to be used in the actual roastery to get yeah. uh, blended and roasted. So we do a lot of checking, um, uh, like our roast curves are all kind of standardized for certain blends. So mm-hmm. we're, our roasters are always watching those to see if anything changes, mm-hmm. um, which can happen if you're getting coffee that you know maybe is a little bit different in density or moisture content that can affect how it reacts to temperatures changing in the roaster. Um, But we also color check everything as well. So just like in kind of making an espresso coffee or a coffee, checking your time target for an espresso, making sure it's hitting within a certain parameter. We also do that with um, color. Yeah, I think that's the other thing. Like we'll roast to a specific curve for individual blends right and the roaster will respond accordingly we've got a pretty good control system in terms of our roasting to make it pretty consistent in terms yep. of the quality of the product but i think if there's any weird anomaly like the roaster tends to fin- is finished at you know hits 210 degrees celsius for example 30 seconds earlier or 30 seconds later yep. we have a system and a process whereby we basically record that and it's noted um, and then eventually all that coffee we basically take a sample from every roast that's yep. done and that sample eventually ends up in the hands of julian yeah um, Do you want to go through how you uh, QA the roasted coffee? Well, yes. I, mean, I think this is a 
procedure which has scarcely changed in a hundred years. Mm. Mm. Um, not just in this company, because we haven't been around around a hundred years, but uh, all over the world, uh, it consists of, of taking roasted coffee, grinding it to a certain specification, um, putting a small sample into a bowl, pouring on near boiling water and waiting. Mm. Uh, having waited a bit, you then uh, give it a good stir to allow the grounds to settle to the bottom, because you don't want mouthfuls of coffee grounds, hopefully, when you actually come to the tasting. Mm. And then you wait a little bit longer for it to cool down to the point where you won't burn your tongue. Maybe 40, 50 degrees uh, Celsius would be the sort of target. Uh, and then you take your trusty spoon, which should be a deep spoon, perhaps uh, silver-plated or even solid silver, who knows, um, because that uh, seems to have a, a beneficial effect, at least on the uh, mental capacity of the person doing the tasting, <laughs> uh, and a jug or a spittoon, and you, and you take a, a good portion of that coffee from the, uh, from, from the actual cup itself and suck it in <laughs> to the mouth and let it spray around the palate, the tongue, the roof of the mouth, and so on, mm. uh, to evaluate it and, and so on. Um, um, you spit it out, then you immediately take a sample from the next one, so you've got a, a comparison between the two, if it's the same blend that you're tasting, and mm -hmm. so you go around, might be 20, 30, 40, 50 of those in one go, uh, and uh, that will give you an idea as to whether the coffee is acceptable or likely to be acceptable to the consumer in some distant part, bearing mm -hmm. in mind that Australia is a big continent, and we, mm -hmm. the last thing we want is coffee coming back to us mm -hmm. under complaint. So that is the sort of underlying uh, priority that we have, is, is to make sure that what we're sending out is not going to come back. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it moves on, of course, to the way in which coffee is prepared and drunk. Yeah. So how long? So when you do this, you have a standard that you're sort of tasting against, yes? We do indeed. We keep those uh, constantly refreshed and so on and, in, and under refrigeration so that uh, it's not uh, uh, exposed to too much in the way of air or oxygen. Mm. Uh, and uh, that's the standard that we use to measure those uh, other coffees mm. from. I suppose just on when you're just saying that, I just got reminded of the fact that we just published a blog about um, freshness in coffee and they're not putting it in the fridge. Uh, yeah. uh, but I mean, look, I think the reason we actually store this away from oxygen and light and it's basically, you know, in a pretty, pretty stable condition. So storing a bag, so I just want to clarify this because people might come back and say, but you recommended that we don't store anything in the fridge and you do that for quality assurance. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, yes, we do, but we also put it in an airtight container, Yeah. Um, which is one of the key things. The, the taint of, of the fridge can actually have an impact on coffee taste. So I just want to put that little caveat out there. That's yeah. true. And, yeah, <laughs> um, and that control sample is probably no more than one to two days old. And that's the other thing. Yeah, it's not stored very long. And then it's, as you say, constantly refreshed. Mm. Yeah, right. Is palate fatigue a thing, Julian? Do you get? Uh, does your well, I've get never found that to be uh, particularly uh, applicable to me, but uh, mm. and I seem to keep passing the uh, the crucial tests, um, you know, by yeah. colleagues and so on. That, yeah. uh, uh, still useful to have me around. Um, <laughs> well, I think the proof's in the pudding as well, right, Julian? Because, I mean, when we, we... I mean, how much coffee's been sent back because of, you know, justifiably bad taste? Oh, totally minimal. We haven't had a justifiable complaint returned through our department for about five years. Yeah, five years. There you go. I mean, that's, you know, it just goes to show that, you know... <laughs> yeah, rigorous rigorous QA and QC yeah. kind of has a carry-on effect. Yeah, it does. There's yeah. no, no return coffees. That's people's time. That's people's effort. I mean, look, we get people returning coffee here and there, right? There's... Yeah, no, no, uh, no question there. But normally, it's not necessarily because of the coffee roast these days, because we've tested it so much. Um, normally, it's because of the um, normally something like you know the basket wasn't clean, or there was some weird spike yeah. in the water quality. Yeah, we or, if if there is coffee the sent back, we will go through and cup it again, and go through all of our logs that we've taken through the whole process, uh, and then taste it again uh, as the 
uh, barista would, so we run it through an espresso machine. Yes, I mean, it's not so much that we consider the customer is always right, but we always replace coffee without question. Yes, If yeah, there's any kind of complaint. Yeah. Uh, so that's... Uh, that, that's yeah, it. and then we check in-house, because there's, there's more to it. If, if something does come back and there is something wrong with it, or even if there isn't, then it, it's a learning experience for us to try and make sure that in the future, yeah. whether that's providing more training or... Yeah. Um, you know, checking the uh, coffee equipment, the water filtration. Um, well, some things, for example, grinder blades, yeah. anything like that, can have a, yeah. a an effect on flavor, which yeah. might not be instantly recognizable to the barista or the cafe. Well, the nice thing about the way we do it as well, we have a batch code, right? So, I mean, we, we saw the sample for about six months after, like a, a representative sample of the yeah, batch that was roasted. We yeah. sam- we store it for a while, right? So, if something comes back and there is a justifiable complaint, for example, there this entire batch that contained Rwanda for some reason that yeah. blend had Rwanda in it, yeah. it tastes like potato. They go back and say, "Oh yeah, don't know how we missed that one." Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, for example, then we could actually call the entire batch if needed, yeah. um, if needed. But I don't think that's actually been needed because again, our, our green bean screening process—you know—that would be a fault that would mm. be in the green bean. Yeah, we've already determined that. Yeah, and you know, we use our own coffee here as well in the cafe, and that's, yeah. that's usually a good tell. Uh, if Tom or myself notice something that's out there, mm. uh, not that we ever have yet, but mm. that would be a very good point of call. Well, the modified, the modified decaf—that was the only other thing that had a. That's the only thing that we've seen recently. If I yeah. want to talk about a specific example, that was the thing that I think would be closest to something that may have been bordering. But yeah, again, we, we found a fix around that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, and flavor was never an issue. No, uh, flavor was never the issue. Flavor quality was always the same. It was yeah, and it passed our benchmarks. There was just something that yeah. Well, that's the thing. We actually picked it up in the green bean. We're like, yeah. mm, there's something a little different about this particular batch. I'm not quite sure what it is, but it's something different. And passed all our QA, couldn't reject it. Said okay. Yeah. Just yeah. had to fine up the grind a little bit more. Which, which leads to sort of QA from a cafe standpoint, mm. um, having your parameters and targets for you to reach when you're brewing coffee, whether it's filter or espresso weighing your dose and your yield uh, and having a time target as well that's based on flavor. yeah for, for making if you're if you're worried that you're having issues from uh your coffee it's good to have these sort of uh reference points in place especially if you're getting a blend that is quite consistent um from mm. a from a from a roaster mm. um yeah and and always check flavor because mm. that's what your consumer is getting they're not seeing how the coffee's pouring or how fast it's running. It's just whether it tastes good or not. Well, flavor is the ultimate marker. I mean, that was the thing that when I came in, I was like, oh, I mean, there's got to be some way of being able to do a rapid screen QA. Not that I wanted to replace Julian. That's not at all what I was thinking. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, Julian. I, I'm not going to tell what's hey, going did, through my mind you, in the first six You could always be being a here. full-time podcaster. <laughs> That's right. Or, yeah, you or, should be or, a full-time or a permanent part-time podcaster. <laughs> the guru. You can w- walk around and interview people with a microphone the guru all day hour. instead of tasting coffee. I've done the street corner. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to touch on the fact that we've discussed before, of course, the, the, the two great advents in terms of the storage of coffee. One is the use of nitrogen to protect ah, yeah, yeah, the that's coffee right. itself, and the other one is the, is the valve pioneered by Golio in mm. Milan, yeah, uh, the two the, of which the came together valve. happily at the same time, mm. and, and the world has benefited from being able to store coffee under normal ambient temperatures mm. as opposed to leaving it open in a cupboard or putting it in the freezer or, or putting it in a fridge with, uh, alongside uh, strong-smelling foods, all those kind of things. Mm have been pretty much uh, uh, removed um, because of the advent of those two processes. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. So just um, just quick expansion on those things. I guess the nitrogen processes where you replace the atmosphere above a bag, replacing the nitrogen with, oh, sorry, replacing the oxygen uh, with a higher proportion of nitrogen. 
Um, I mean, obviously, air contains a high proportion of nitrogen anyway, but oxygen is the enemy of freshness. Um, so putting a bit of nitrogen into the atmosphere, which we can do through our process here, yeah. um, kind of helps preserve that coffee for a longer period of time. Um, and then similarly, that one-way valve just you know prevents the bags from popping. And enables yeah. you to send it all over the world, not yeah, under refrigeration, exactly. and expect it to taste good when it gets to the other end. Well, that's the thing. It's a one-way valve, right? So that's the thing. It lets stuff out, doesn't let stuff in. Yeah. Brilliant. No, it, it's great. It has been said that our coffee packaging is perhaps maybe too good. Because <laughs> yeah. coffee, coffee that is fresh... Uh, uh, super fresh is not necessarily the best. Oh yeah, well coffee. we we also age our coffee, right? So we have yeah. a process yeah. for that too, right? Yeah. So we age our coffee, so, so it's for customers about right. So the takeaway from this episode is that everything we do is QA. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and we're doing a pretty good job at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is a slightly shorter and slightly rushed episode because of prior commitments. Um, so yeah, thank you all for listening. A little bit less of a sciencey episode, but if you are in fact an expert on QA or QC or have a different field um, in which you partake in QA, um, let us know at podcast at sevenmiles.com.au. Check us out on socials. um, Tell your friends. Rate us on iTunes. um, And yeah, check us out in a month for our next episode. Um, Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Adam. Yep. Thank you, Julian. As I say in the United States, thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Good night. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) Au revoir. Ciao. Why is it why is it important? Yeah, exactly. What do we do it for? How do we do yeah, it? Yeah, exactly.